Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the MY Patriot Show. This week, we have the Patriot Party podcast with uh, Vlyn and Mick. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things this week, but, um, but we're going to cover a few different topics. And uh, I'm going to introduce them now. I'll stop running my mouth. And please let everybody know where they can also find your show right away. Well, hello. I'm Vlyn from the Patriot Party podcast and my husband, Mick. Uh, we do it together. So you can find us pretty much everywhere except for Spotify because we get booted off there pretty early on, but we're on Podbean's our host, Apple, um, Audible now, which is pretty cool. And we also have a Rumble channel. We have a Brighton channel. We have a CloudHub channel, although I'm really bad about posting videos to CloudHub. They're like, wait, so <laughs> I think I put like two like five-minute ones and that was it. I couldn't put like two hours to upload any video to it. So it's like uh, I can like start one and the following morning when I get up to see if the video uploaded, it's still about 35 minutes in progress. And I'm like, seriously, you were that way at midnight and it's been five hours. What? the hell is going on here yep yeah he doesn't sleep much five hours is about normal for him so um but uh and we started our podcast about six months ago now seven months ago now oh wow all right so we probably started around the same time i thought you guys have been out a lot longer for some reason Mm -mm. no we uh it was completely organic we just looked at each other one day and we were like you know we started listening to podcasts a lot Started listening to the podcast and we discussed what we heard. And then he was like, uh, we understand this a lot better than these people that are talking about it. We should start our own podcast. And I was like, I was thinking the same thing. We should absolutely start our own podcast. So that's, that's kind of awesome. how we got started. And Janet really took us under her wing and showed us the ropes. And, uh, you know, we joined this little podcasting community and we all help each other out. And it's, it's really fantastic. So um, we keep at it. It's brought us a lot closer together. But uh, it's been well, quite a journey. I mean, that's how I found out about Janet. you guys. It's from Janet. Deplorable Janet would be the one we're talking about. Deplorable Nation. Um, I will plug her show every time, I, every chance I get because she go did, for it, please. Definitely, she definitely brought us up under her wing, and she told us, you know, how to go about this, what what programs to use. Granted, we have found that as we've grown and our equipment's grown, the programs necessarily didn't grow with us. So our audio is uh, exceeded some of the programs that she still uses, but um, she likes the basic stuff and we probably should still go back to the basic stuff. Cause they always say, if it doesn't work in the advanced shit, go back to basics uh, kind of with that, but either way. Um, yes. And she is uh, been a big help. She's actually Huge. guided us to a lot of different areas. Uh, Alt media United where we're at now. Also, you can find us in Alt media United. Oh, nice. Um, You're on there. How were you guys, how long yep. you've been on there? Uh, little maybe while. a month yeah about a month oh okay i was like i don't remember seeing you when i okay all right so you're new that's great that's great no, Good well, for you. we're we're newer but uh, i talked to same triple i talked to a couple different guys from there and i know that's why uh steve is the guy who does all the mark. bookings mark or mark i mean yeah. yeah mark is the one who does all the bookings for sam i'm sure that's why he started that and it's a, it's a great idea i think it's awesome and uh I, I don't know if we're ever going to go on Sam's show, but if we ever do, if we ever end up on the Tint Boyle podcast, wow, that'd be pretty cool. Um, well, listen, if they asked, if they asked me to come on there, I mean, I don't, you know, I would just so contact normally, them. I would just contact them and ask to go on if I was you. If they took me on, I can't see why they wouldn't have you on. 
Well, after this show, maybe uh, maybe we will, because uh, we normally cover news and politics and current events in our podcast. Um, Mick is very politically based as far as his research, his his wheelhouse, I should say, because he did 21 years in the service. He's yeah, Hugo Stiglitz 2020 bringing Slayers back. Um, that's his T-shirt that he's wearing right now. But he was special forces, sniper, military intelligence, pretty much anything that you could think of mixed done it. Um, I, I go down the, the COVID and vaccine or jab or whatever you call it wheelhouse. That's, that's my, that's where I do all my, my research, my focus. And in recent months, our focuses have really started melding together. You know, they, they intersect all the time now. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think everything ties into each other somehow. Absolutely. Everything is connected. Um, and, and that's kind of how this all started. So in doing a lot of that research and when I took the red pill, I should say, you know, my, my journey started and, uh, I discovered more about my family and myself and my past in the last six months than I knew in my entire life. Right. And it's, there's some crazy shit. Mm. So. Well, before she gets into that, because I think there's a little bit more there you have to add to that. Okay, first of all, she is a reformed liberal. Understand that V-Lane Before I knew be, better. I mean, V-Lane, I did grow up in New York, New York and Connecticut. It's, it's kind of... Oh, that, that, honestly, that was like my wife, too. She's like yeah, a reformed liberal now. Yeah. There, there, is, v- there is no V-Lane, other food up there. V-Lane was a liberal. <clears throat> okay. I've always been a Republican, well, conservative. I, will, I don't even consider myself a Republican anymore because I am a straight-up conservative. There's no Republican Party anymore because they're all liberals. But um, you have the liberals, and then you have the conservatives. You have people trying to conserve something. You have people who are trying to fucking feed it away to the Chinese beast. And See, I've, I've even said that things. about the right. It's like so, so much of the right has gone kind of to the left already. There's really less of conservatives because you got a lot of Republicans that think they're Republicans, but they've already taken on liberal uh, ideas from, you know, from a slow, steady crawl, you know, and they d- don't even realize yeah, very, it. Very, very correct. And uh, one of my things that I love to get into, one of the things that we actually connect on and my wheelhouse, so to speak, happens to be um, a little group. They were around a long, long time ago, and I got a little sign here. And this signage right here shows you exactly what their order was. And that is the Templar order. Something that me and her connected on, something that we found out about each other that we both love is I love the Templars. I'm a huge Templar lore. I'm a Grail lore historian, if you will. There's not a story you can tell me about the Grail, that, and I'm a Catholic, that I do not know about. So, Oh, that's interesting to know. Yes, and there's a lot of crap that she's about to cover that actually I was able to v- validate in research I had already done on different things about the grail that actually cross into some of the things she's about to talk to, which is kind of where she got this idea, especially about the uh, bloodlines and everything about the bloodlines. Well, I, I totally believe that, though, too, so... And there's a lot of shit that actually crosses over. And it's actually really Yo, scary. That, that makes, yeah, I was going to say that makes it so much more real. You're probably both like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, this is this is serious, actually. Like, this isn't just an idea. This might actually real be real. Fuck. Yeah. No, sorry, you can continue now, baby. <laughs> okay, thank you. So, um, in my research, 
you know, just trolling online, looking at random things on the internet, right? Because that's what you do when you're researching. You just start digging and see where it leads you. You just start digging a hole and you fall down a rabbit hole. And then the next thing you know, you're in a tunnel and you're like, how the fuck do I get out of here? Right. So I came across a picture and it's actually my, if you follow me on Twitter at VLNQ, it is my uh, profile picture on there. And it looks pretty much like me. Right. Um, I don't know that I can do that. Well, he's not posting video anyway, but all right. So I came across this picture and it looks literally just like me. And I was like, why the fuck is there a picture of me online? Um, and I started researching the picture. Well, not only a picture, but a black and white picture. And you're wearing a dress that you would never, ever wear. Well, that's, that's true. Um, it's from the 1930s Germany. And the picture is of a woman named Maria Orsic. So if you know anything about Maria Orsic, she actually was one of the founders of the Vril Society in Germany, Munich, in the 30s. And she was supposedly Hitler's personal medium. And I look just like her. And I'm like, who the fuck is this woman, right? Well, it was 1932. And she started the Vril Society in Munich. And she was the co-chair co head. She could not be the head because she wasn't a... What? Man. No, the Vril Society is matriarchal. Yeah, no, it is, but... She had to have an an heir male, uh, heir male, and her husband. Yes, there is who a was reverend mother written. It's written in as an heir male, and it was her husband or whatever brother or whatever. As we found out, yep. and we were like, "Wow, what is? Why is there a male above her?" And we found out that she could only she, the only way that Hitler would let it out to the German people was that there had to be a male at her side or above her. And so she made him just like he was like a puppet. She was like, look, I got my hand up his ass and I'm playing with his mouth. And that's exactly well, not, all. He, not necessarily. All they were, they were partners. Um, Whatever. And they supposedly shared power. So I started researching the Vril Society. I want to know more about it. Oh, I've, yeah, I've heard and of that it, before, but I really don't know anything about it, but I've heard of it. Right. Of so, times. so it led me to a book and the book is called The Coming Race. And it was published in 1892 and it was dropped off anonymously to a tiny little publisher in England. And somehow it blew up and ended up with a huge international publishing, right? Um, literally mil millions of copies of this book were sold around the world and just dropped off anonymously at a little publisher in England. So don't know where they got the money or the impetus to publish this everywhere, but it's crazy. Um, wow, it is wild. the foundation for the hollow earth theory for 20,000 leagues under the sea for the real society for all kinds of things. So it's called the coming race. So I read this book and it was very interesting but anyway so that kind of did ended that book that. push uh, I, I don't want to take you of course too mm. much because this sounds like almost something like some kind of helena blavatsky type thing uh did it push like specific bloodlines or uh races no, no? okay no no well, well, wait a minute what name did you just say helena blavatsky yeah <laughs> did it push it no did she possibly steal a lot from that book and put it in her own? That's what Absolutely. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. A lot of shit. Just if the name actually, of it sounds like something she would write about. <laughs> if you actually read the book, there's a lot of crossover between her book and that. It, it, it's almost, it's almost a word for word. It's almost like she plagiarized it to a point. And the only problem with her book and that book is that her book was way after that book came out. 
And it was really weird how she found it. And she even talks about it a little bit. Uh, I found, I saw like, uh, I've got a, an interview that she did years and years, years before, like before she died, it was like, I, I want to say it's before she died. Um, way after I mean, I would hope it was published. before she died, not after she died. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little crazy, <laughs> unless they were doing it with a Ouija it was board. Magic, but well, hey, you know, sex with Kobe, it's going to happen. All right, but only with a Ouija board these days. She literally, she literally, basically, without saying that she plagiarized that book, it was kind of yes, it actually does. She did take a lot from that book and put it in her own. The only difference is the story that she uses her own story. That's the gotcha. only difference, but she used the basic premise of the book and everything about the book in the book, which is really weird. Okay, like, so mm, the premise of the book is that um, the main character is basically a spelunker, right? And he, <laughs> there's, I don't know, an earthquake or something. He falls through a hole in the crust of the earth and he ends up underneath the earth. Uh, and there's this whole society of people that live down there and they can manipulate the source, the energy that connects us all, they call it the Vril. And it can be both destructive and healing, educational, pretty much everything, right? Um, telepathic, uh, telekinetic, um, explosive. I mean, they can knit bones back together and pluck thoughts out of your mind and blow up things and, you know, all, all this good stuff. Um, and women are more powerful than men. Okay. So, um, and at the end of the book, the main character basically tells them at some point you're going to outgrow this space and you're going to come up and reclaim the earth, the surface that, that was originally yours. All right. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting book, but, uh, it really struck a chord with me because when I was 15, I had a really interesting experience. I, uh, I thought I went to go visit my aunt and uncle with my parents. And only recently did I find out that I was not actually there. Okay. But we went on a trip to Pennsylvania, funny Pennsylvania anyway. And, uh, we got there and it was another reference to Pennsylvania. Yeah. We'll get to Pennsylvania in a little bit, but, um, we get there. My, I'm like 15. Right. And, uh, one of my cousins was there and the other one wasn't, I didn't know where she was, but he was, and I was much closer to her than to him. Anyway, he and I, I, I don't remember parts of it. And I remember everything. Like I have an eidetic memory. I basically remember everything. So there were some gaps there, but we ended up going for a car ride and he told me about the nature of the universe. And he told me at that time that we were all connected, that there is an energy that connects every living thing on this planet. And that if you can, connect directly to that energy, then you can manipulate your own reality uh, and the reality of people around you, right? Uh, that that is the source, that that is why prayer works, that that is why there is such that's a why magic works. memory. Uh, yes, exactly. And that is the same premise as the Vril, the source wow. that connects us all that can manipulate your reality. So I had heard, first heard about this some 25 years prior and, uh, and then I came across it in this book. And I was just recently, maybe six months ago, pretty much at the start of this journey, actually, uh, at a funeral. And I saw my aunt and uncle there. And I said to them, I said, do you remember that time when we came to visit you when I was 15? And they looked at me. They were like, what are you talking about? I said, we came to visit you and you moved to a new house. And they said, no, you, you weren't there. Your parents came, but you didn't come. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I called my cousin 
at that time. And I was like, hey, you remember that time that I came to visit you when I was 15? And he was like, yeah, I remember. We went on a ride, but you weren't there. I was like, what do you mean I wasn't there? He said, I asked my parents. We had this, this, we spent like four hours together. And then when your parents left, I asked my parents where you were. And they said you weren't here. And I thought I was high. I thought I was dreaming. Okay. So I honestly think that was probably my first astral projection experience that I didn't realize or something put us together for him to give me this information. Right. So, (laughs) yes, Nick thinks I'm a psycho and that's fine. I don't care. Um, There you go. Fucking who cares? (laughs) So, (laughs) because he is not nearly as open-minded as I am. Um, But I've, I mean, I've had crazy things happen to me my whole life. I've had, probably a half a dozen people walk up to me on the street over the course of 20 years, people that I don't know, just strangers walk up to me on the street and stop me and say, you're going to bring a lot of people to the light. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Who are you? What are you talking about? Get the fuck out of my face. Hey, yeah, that could actually be a little creepy not knowing, you know. It really yeah. was. And like the first time it was really creepy. And then the second time I was like, what the fuck's going on? And the third time I was like, all right, are these people fucking stalking me? Like, I don't, I don't understand what the hell is going on. And then after a while, like, I, I was just like, whatever, you know, okay. But I guess when that time comes, then that time will come. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but in my digging as well, well, I, I, let me, let me go back. So when I was a kid, when I was probably eight or nine, we lived in England for about a year and a half. My mom was transferred oh, over wow. there and we went to Germany to see her family. Uh, and where, where we, where she was born, where her mother had grown up, um, learn about the family history, that kind of thing. And it was at that time that I learned about one side of my family, not the Maria Orsic side, but the other side, my grandfather's side. And my grandfather's mother, let's see, my grandfather's mother was a black haired gypsy witch. Okay. So basically, one of my grandmothers was a red-haired Hungarian witch, and the other one was a black-haired gypsy witch. Oh, okay. So, oh. um, and she... Um, Which leaves me as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, her mother... <laughs> she was a bastard because her mother had actually gotten pregnant by King Ludwig of Bavaria, whose father was Emperor Maximilian of the Austro Austrian Hungarian Hungarian empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and Ludwig built a, he built New Schwanstein castle that the Disney castle is modeled after. Right. But he built a series of little chateaus, little, mini castles all over Bavaria and he installed his mistresses in them and he traveled from one to the other to the other, you know, spending a week with one and then moved on to the next, that kind of a thing. He, he got around quite, quite now, a bit. Now let's make sure that we understand this correctly. All right. These castles, you've seen them before. You don't think mm-hmm. you have, but everybody's seen them before. Have you seen the Disney castle? Uh, that is exactly the castle that she's talking about. She, we can show you pictures of castles that he built that look exactly like the Disney castle. And the Disney castle was modeled after that Walt Disney took and put down in Florida. It is the same exact castle. That's, that's, what her, that's where her family comes from. So if you want to know about the 
demon, um, child-eating side. That's on her side, not mine. <laughs> so, um, so basically, what it came down to is that I am I'm descendant on, and my family is a very matriarchal family. So, through sure. my mother's side, I am descended from Emperor Maximilian and Maria Orsic separately. Okay, um, two very strong competing bloodlines, both RH negative. So I know you're interested in the RH yeah, negative bloodlines. Yeah. Okay. So RH negative, a lot of people don't even understand what that means, right? Especially people, the most people tend to know about it is that if you're an RH negative woman and you get pregnant, you have to have a special shot or you're going to miscarry your baby. Really? If you get pregnant by an RH positive man, right? It's called a Rogam shot. You have to have it. Uh, usually they give it at like 20 weeks and then about 32 weeks because if you are RH negative and your baby is RH positive, then your body will recognize it as an alien and try and reject it. And you will miscarry every single time. It explains why the Royals always intermarried because they only invented the Rogam shot maybe 40, 50 years ago. So before that time, if an RH negative woman got pregnant by an RH positive man, she would miscarry every time. The only way to determine to make sure that you had a baby that you could carry to term was to marry another RH negative man. The only way to guarantee that before they did blood testing was to marry inside the family. So, right? Marry just, so cousins. Everybody, just so everybody's aware as well, when, when she's talking about royals, that means that royal blood is significantly coded in RH negative people. There's not a lot of RH negative blood that is, or RH positive blood that is within the royal family. Basically, RH positive means you're a worker. You are uh, what they would consider the lower of the low. You were out there slaving away, working your hands to the bone. You were one of those guys, blue-collar guys. Um, what she's talking about, those folks, they're RH negative. They're the ones that sit there with a little crown on their head, and they can't do anything because if they do, they'll get sick and die. So that's where that comes from. That's why the RH negative, that's why it's such a big deal that the Royals stayed within the bloodline. And when they did stay, if they strayed out of the bloodline, that baby, not all the time would survive conception. If they had a child, if most of the time your body doesn't, you don't even know your body doesn't even, you don't ever realize your body's pregnant because it's that fast. The body identifies it and ejects it because it considers it a virus. Oh, it's like, yeah, this isn't going to survive because this is not follow in line with anything, any of the DNA that I have, which means at a DNA and cellular level way down in the mitochondria, it reconstructs what a human is essentially. Actually, it shows the difference in a human being from one to, to the other. How we still get along, I have no idea, but one of those. So things. what RH negative actually is, it's a protein or lack thereof actually, right? So the rhesus protein was found on rhesus monkeys and also found in most humans. So that's actually how they determined evolution because people shared the same protein with monkeys. So they said, okay, well, we must be descended from monkeys, except RH negative people don't have that rhesus protein. So where do we come from? It's an excellent mm -hmm. question. So oh, how do you spell aliens. that rhesus, by the way, that name? R-H-E-U-S-U-S, -E uh, I believe, yeah. rhesus. Okay, no, um, I thought it was close to a uh, Theodore Roos, who was one of the people that started the OTO. I just thought maybe the last name might have been the same. D different spelling, though, different spelling. Was he a monkey? No, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I don't even know if the guy really existed. It could just be a story okay. that they're telling us. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, 
about they they determine between five and fifteen percent of the world's population is Rh negative, right? There are very few of us left, and I think there's probably fewer left now than there were a year ago. And the reason I say that there are very there are a couple of things that are very indicative of an Rh negative person. First off, we drain electronics, right? I cannot wear a watch for more than twelve hours like a regular watch with a standard watch battery, I will drain the battery and it will die. Um, I, dra- I drained his, <laughs> his Ryobi battery last week and he had to replace it. It's like 200 bucks. See, I just touched it and I drained the whole thing. It oh, was kind of wild, actually. Shit. I drained my car battery, too. That was 176 Actually, his, his Ryobi battery cost more to replace than the battery in my car. So there, there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of standard. We drain electronics. I, I've been known to pop light bulbs. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, well, that makes so much sense with negative versus positive anyway. Yeah. Cause like, like in magic, the best way I would say negative and positive would be one's positive would be projective. Negative would be receptive. Uh, it's almost like a magnet. So, uh, I could see well, how crazy, it's, crazy well, it'd thing. be as, as if you're sucking the life out of shit. I, I, honestly, yes. I hate to say yes, it like right? that, but yes, he calls me sucky bus all the time. Actually, she is a sucky bus. <laughs> But the crazy thing is, is that in the last week and a half, that has completely changed for me. I no longer drain energy. Now I emit energy. So whereas it used to be that my iWatch would die after eight to 12 hours and I would have to charge it. Like if I put it on a charger at the end of the day, it was on red. Like it was about dead, right? (laughs) Now the end of the day, I put it on the charger. It's still three quarters full. I haven't charged my phone in two days and I am on my phone all the time. So that's somehow that's reversed. I don't know why. I have an idea, but I mean, it's... Um, there was times I had magical experiences. Um, I mean, I wasn't no fucking car battery and shit like you were saying, but there well, were times... That was standard for me. That wasn't <laughs> magical. That was just normal. Uh, that was a weird one. After uh, two, two experiences I had, I had noticed... Well, one, I couldn't even... I had to switch the back of my iPhone to the black. I couldn't look at the white screen or it would hurt. And uh, another thing that happened is that if I held the phone basically on me, that shit, especially in my hand, it would die within like an hour or two. And I was like, yo, I actually thought my phone was fucked up. And then I'm like, you know, then I'm starting to wonder like, yo, now I'm like getting paranoid. I'm like, yo, is this like some fucking weird shit because of what I just did? You know, and then eventually when I started like a day or two later, when I started feeling better about what I just did or what I just went through, the phone like kind of went back to normal too. It's fucking weird. I definitely feel like something was there, like I or something was sucking shit out of that Probably because you drained so much of your personal energy that you had to to get it back from, from somewhere else. Yeah. And once your energy levels leveled out, then you no longer needed to drain that energy. Um, so, but RH negative people tend to be very intuitive. They're often psychics and artists and, um, content creators now, um, that kind of thing, you know, uh, like Micah that we talked to earlier today, he's actually an RH negative as well. And I I asked him about if he drank that dude's written books and shit too. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, he's also, he also drains energy. So, uh, every time, every person I meet that's an RH negative, I always ask them, I'm like, do you drain energy? And I always get the same answer. Yes, absolutely. Every time. So, but you can be RH negative and still have a positive blood type to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're 
if you're RH negative with an RH negative factor, it means you're RH negative all the way. Both of your parents were RH negative. If you are RH positive with an RH negative factor, so an RH negative allele, it means that one of your parents was RH negative and one of your parents was RH positive. So, which is probably why we still, we have two healthy children. We lost one, but we have two healthy children um, oh. because he has an allele. So he is, he's half RH negative, if you will. And we actually just found that out, what, a week ago on the way back from Pennsylvania when you found out that your aunt is RH negative and you said, well, that must mean my dad is too. Well, yep. That's a hard one to explain, but yeah. Okay. Except it's not a hard one to explain if you know his family history, because he is actually more fucked up than yours. Descended from the original Scottish Kings. So he is also descended from royalty. But his royal family got booted out of Scotland and went and took over Ireland. No, he took over a small town in Ireland. Yeah, they took over Ireland. He's got like three and a half million living relatives. Trust me, they took over Ireland. The last family reunion we went to is 1.7, and we took up the whole west coast of Ireland. We occupied every inn and hotel up and down the west coast of Ireland. It's a very large family. Holy Um, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. The That's last one here in the Irish United Catholic. States that we had in Jersey, we had, uh, was it 60,000 show up? Well, we took over the entire hotel yep. alone. And, uh, uh, another Like hotel. 700 people at a banquet dinner and they're all related. That's that's yeah. kind of crazy too. So, you know. Yeah, that's a lot of people um, to make a flight over the fucking house. No, no, that was just the East Coast. Yeah, oh. that was just the, the United States branch. <laughs> that was just the United States branch. Oh, yeah. East Coast side. Yeah, so... When you look at his history, it, it also explains some things because he's also descended from royalty, right? Just a different royal bloodline. So I started digging into the RH negatives and where they might come from. And I sat through the most boring three and a half hour Cornell presentation on archaeological genetics, right? And this, this was horrible. I mean, just as dry as you can imagine that I've it would watched, sound like it is. I, I've watched the same thing and I didn't find it boring at all, but I also like archeology span and she doesn't. So it is a little different for me. Anyway, um, it got pretty interesting at one point, kind of right in the middle where they're talking about where these original bloodlines come from, because they don't all come from Africa as they say that, you know, everyone came from Africa. That's actually not true. When you look at the, the archeological genetic tracing, the uh, mitochondria, there are 13 original bloodlines. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. We hear that a lot, was, the 13 there, bloodlines. Hold on. Before you get going there, okay, the original thought is that everybody came from Africa. That was because the latest, the earliest mitochondrial DNA that they've ever found was in Chad. Um, his name is actually something Chad. It's like, I'll go with Chad, something like that. Anyway, long story short, what she's talking about is the original, like, humanoid if you will he would have been um cro-magnum cro- no 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 he was not cro- cro-magnum wasn't first uh the other one was uh i'm trying to remember the three of them there was three total if you look at the family tree human family tree it goes all the way back in history he was older than cro-magnum he's the first one and i forget what they called him but anyway that guy goes back to Chad and that was the original the mitochondrial side but again that was the, the blue collar 
that was not of royal blood. Royal blood being much different than the blue collar blood because obviously royal blood is, as we've come to find out. All right. What? Negative. So one of the initial lines came from Stuttgart, Germany, which is actually right where my family comes from. My mother was born in Garmisch, part in Kirchen, which is right on the edge of Bavaria and Austria. Um, so Stuttgart is not even 30 miles from where my mother was born. And then another line comes from the Celtic Islands. Isn't that interesting? So they're, they're spread around. There's um, not many. There's none in Asia. There is one in the old Ottoman Empire, um, but they're, they're spread around. So you had a Roman one, you had mm -hmm. a Celtic one, you had a middle European one. There wasn't one in the United States, but there was, uh, an Arabic one or an Arab one. No, that's not true. There actually was one in the United States it's amongst the Cherokee Indians. Oh, that, that's right. That's right. Yep. That was the, uh, natural. They didn't call themselves native Americans. They no, called themselves the natural Americans. Natural Americans. The Cherokee Indians are also um, arch negative. Uh, oh, then there wow. was a Russian. And then there was, uh, what was the other one? Australian or um, subarctic? It was below the equator on that side, but going towards, it was like Malaysian. It, it was, no, it was Iceland or Greenland. Oh, is that what, what yeah, it was? I okay. Think so. so anyway, there's your so bloodlines. They're, they're from all over. That's of the royal side, though, not of the blue collar. Realize that there is a difference between the blue collar and the royal. It is a. I, I don't understand how that works. I don't know why there's such a difference, but there's a huge difference because that RH negative factor plays a big role into how the bloodlines actually became bloodlines. Like everybody says, uh, one of the big bloodlines, like you heard about it. Dan Brown talked about it in his books. Obviously, Jesus's bloodline. That's the biggest one. St. Clair. St. Clair well, is not. Let, let's of, get into that. Not of Middle Eastern. It's St. Clair is actually a Euro Middle European. Sin it's actually Sinclair. And Sinclair broke down the word Sinclair actually means St. Clair in French. So if you when you break that bloodline down, Sinclair, it actually started Middle Europe, somehow ended up in um, the Middle East 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus was walking the earth. Uh, where actually before Jesus was walking the earth, when Mary was walking the earth and Mary somehow became pregnant out of the blue because some. Yeah, I have an idea as to how that happened. So but we'll get to that. Um, so up, up till that point, everything we said in, in here is fact. OK, now we're getting into theory. So. Family legend. Passed down through my family. And. There have been a lot of stories that have come out um, marketed as fiction, but actually follow the line of my family legends almost exactly. So, Holy shit. <laughs> the way it was passed down through my family was that our bloodline through the Emperor Maximilian was a direct descendant of Sarah. Sarah being the daughter of Mary and Jesus. Mary was pregnant when Jesus was killed, when Jesus was crucified. And she fled to France, and she actually founded the Cather religion in France, which was then completely eliminated later on by the Catholic Church. Okay. She had Sarah. Sarah married into the French royal family, and, of course, all the royals marry each other. So that blood spread throughout the royal families, um, including to the Ottoman Empire, because they would actually, I mean, they essentially sold brides you know to the ottomans but they were it was a very all the royal families regardless of religion 
were close, had close communication, right? So there were Celtic brides that were sold to the Ottoman Empire. Holding on to her, this is where we all, we're, we kind of really intermingled on this one because we put three and three together. We got two, which is kind of weird. But then I actually added it up and it was actually six because there was some <laughs> other stuff that I knew about that she didn't know about. So, for instance, Sarah and Mary, when they were evacuated from Jerusalem, they were evacuated by a group known as this. Yeah, the Templars, right? And that would be the Templars. Yeah. The Templars grabbed Mary. And Dan Brown was not very far off in what he taught everybody in his movies. And I love the fact that he did it because he actually taught a lot of history. There's a lot of history, unknown history that a lot of people don't know. Unless you're a grail lore, unless you're somebody who loves grail lore or goes after the grail and understands some of the theories behind it. I do think those movies put out a lot more knowledge than people know for sure. So, for instance, he brought up a really good point. All of a sudden, out of all of their during the Crusades, the Templar are down in Jerusalem. They're down there doing something. And then one day, boom, they up and leave. Now to understand how they up and left is really difficult for a lot of people to understand because people think, well, they just jumped on a boat. They sailed away. No, you just don't do that back then. Cause back then the seas were not the same way we think of the seas today. 90% of the people who sailed from one side of the sea of Galilee to the other side of the sea of Galilee for the crusade, never made it because the Sea of Galilee is actually extremely violent. It is not a nice place to sail at all. Normally you sail there, you get shipwrecked. Nowadays it doesn't happen so much because we have all these boats that have a lot of things that stop things from flooding, stopping people from drowning, you know, flipping over, doing all sorts of other crazy crap in the water. Uh, However, back then that didn't really exist. So the Templar had these really cool ships and in their ships, everybody used to call them the high wall ships. And they said it used to protect them from Roman invaders, which was actually all crap. But the Templar had these walls that went up past the start or past the keel of the ship over the tops of the normal bulkheads on any ship. I mean, they towered. They were probably six to seven feet above where normal ships stopped. Their walls kept going up. Oh. Well, what the, what the Templar became aware of is that the Sea of Galilee is not a nice place to sail. But one of the things the Templars did that they left, and this was the crazy part, uh, the Templars, wherever they went, they, they rode a very specific horse. And Vila knows about this horse. It is extremely beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful horses, horses I've ever seen. It is the old war horse, thoroughbred stallion that only come out of Europe. And these things are amazing. They're huge. They're gigantic horses. They're all bred from Andalonian stallions. Go figure a specific bloodline. And these things are enormous. They do not. These horses don't dick around. They're big. They're very opinionated and they hate normal people. If you're not a normal person, you're not riding one of these horses. How do if I you, know that? If you can't talk to the horse, literally, like if you can't yeah, actually yeah, talk yeah. to the horse, if, you're not, if you've you. not been introduced to the horse by its owner, it will bite your head off, quite yeah, literally. It, it will bite not- your arm off. It will kill you. It will rear up and crush your skull. They are trained that way. Trained war horses. They are no joke. I've actually oh. met a couple. They're actually gorgeous horses. They're we use them today. You see them every day. To, well, you don't see them every day today, but you, we use, there's 12 of them that exist in the United States today. You want to know where they're used? Um, Budweiser. Thank you. They are the stallions of the Bud, Budweiser breed. They are the ones. I'm just thinking the, like those are gigantic horses. So that was the only thing I could guess. Those 
are the same exact horses. Now get this. Sort of. Because so. those well, are Clydesdales, which were bred down from the Andalusians, but the Clydesdales not, actually have more longer fur on their hooves. Correct. That's the only difference. However, one of the That's things wild. about these horses, and I've met a couple, I met them while I was in Europe, and these horses, one of the things I love about them, one of the things that was, I don't know, I could always be around them. Other people couldn't, I could be there and I would hang out with them and they were completely cool with me. No issues whatsoever. One of the things I found out about these horses in my travels in Europe, um, and I found out later on, uh, when I finally put all this together, they left these horses behind. They got off their horses, they got on their boats and they sailed. For the Templar to do that and to leave like they did, to show back up in France, they didn't tell anybody where they were going. They didn't say, hey, we're going to go here or go there. We're going to go over there. We're going to play with this guy. We're going to talk to the." No, they went straight. They sailed straight back to France. And that was it. Then all of a sudden, about, I don't know, about another 50 to a, 60 years later, all of a sudden you hear about this building that they erected in France. And it's actually a church now. And this church looks like a knight's castle. It has a drawbridge. It has everything that you would put in a church, in a, in a knight's castle, but they call it a church. They call it a church because the Roman Catholic empire took over this church after October 13th, 1318. What happened October 13th, 1318? That was the original Friday, the 13th when the Knights that Templar were Friday killed the 13th. with the Catholics. I saw that recently on, on, you know, it was probably one of the few things I read on Instagram that was probably truthful a few days ago. And I was like, yo, I was like, I was like, I wouldn't doubt that. I saw like so, some things, to, you know, I think it was a few page scroll or whatever you had to read, but it went into something about this. And I was like, fuck, I could see that making sense. So this all happened within the same time frame, And all of a sudden the knights are gone. Mary's gone. Or at least Mary's sarcophagus is gone. Um, and from what we know and what we surmise, and most historians, grail historians will surmise this because there's no grail historian that ever believes anymore that the grail is a cup. Most of the grail historians have come to understand that the Holy Grail was never a cup. It was never about a cup. It was about a bloodline. It was about Jesus's bloodline here on earth. Who is Jesus's kid? Because everybody surmises the same thing Dan Brown does, which is Jesus had a kid. He was human. He was a man. He banged Mary. Mary got pregnant. Mary had Sarah. The Templars are talked about in the treasure that they carried with them back from Jerusalem after the crusade. When they returned to France, one of the things that was offloaded in French is written S dot A dot R dot A dot. Why would you name something like that? out of your treasure with just four letters. There is nothing that came off of that ship that was named that. And it was really odd. And there was no horses on the ship. And the French guy that was on the shore when the ship arrived, we have written testimony of it. I can, I can get it for you if you want it. This guy actually wrote down in someone's memoir, said they came back with no horses. They asked for horses when they came back. The Templars never did that. They always came back with their horses because they treated those horses like kings. And they were their servants that took care of the horses. 
And this is the first time this guy had ever seen the Templars come back from a foreign country without their horses. Normally, if he came back without the horse, the horse died in battle. And the horse was given a funeral like a man would receive. Uh, that was odd for the Templar. So for them to come back to France all of a sudden, just like that overnight, and to have a bloodline with them, with the cargo that says S.A.R.A., um, Hmm. I don't know. To me, it's pretty fucking weird. Yeah. So the other thing that's weird, um, and this goes back to family legend. So Mick and I got married three weeks before he was set to deploy, right? For that was his sixth deployment, but we grew up together, right? We've known each other our entire lives, but he convinced me to marry him. And (laughs) at our wedding, yep. You know where I'm going with this. So at our wedding, my grandfather, took this metal off from around his neck and he handed it to my husband. And he said, this will protect you. Do not ever take this off. This will keep you alive. All right. Now we've had this dated. They date it back to at least 1500. And it's called a miracle metal. And on the back is the original symbology of the Knights Templar. The very original symbology. Well, hold on before we get in. Yeah, you describe it better. So we had the you can see we the had chick a, though. There's a chick on one side, right? Yeah, that's Mary. Mary's yeah, on Mary. the front. That's why Mary's thought. on the front. Okay, so in the knights, uh, the knights have always believed in Mary. Mary was always their queen, whatever you want to call it, however you want to call it. She had a very specific part. So this is the weird part, right? The back. So there are there's a grand total. There's thirteen stars all the way around the metal. Okay, there's two hearts, one with a crown as fit for a queen, one with a crown that one heart with a crown above it that's fit for a man. Then there's a grand total of three crosses within it. Okay, and an M behind it. So what all of this means first, the 13 stars are the 13 delineated knights that started the Knights Templar order. Okay, the three crosses refer to obviously the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. All right, the two hearts refer directly to, um, as you can see, Mary Mary and Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Guess what? They do not make this metal anymore. Not like this. They haven't for five, six hundred years. Yes. They only make it with one heart with a cross or one heart with one cross with one crown and there are no stars. That's how they made it for over 700 years now is the metal without any of the stars, without any of the crosses. So this is original to the Templars. How my her grandfather got it, I have no idea. But I've worn it ever since. The only time I've ever taken it off my neck is I've given it to family members who are sick or in need, and I sent it to them, and I said, here, protect this with your life because it was given to me by the keeper of this, and he's your grandfather or whatever, your father or whatever. Like Because like her sister got sick, I sent it to her, and she wore it, and for a time there, she did get better, and then... Well, shit went downhill for her, but it was unfortunate. Or, well, not her sister, but her... Uh, my mom's sister. Your mom's sister. My aunt, her yeah. Aunt. And I sent it to her because I thought maybe it would help. And it, it did for a time, but it didn't do everything I thought it was going to do. Didn't well, have the it, same it was effect, her time, and her purpose was fulfilled, and Mix is not. So You know what's wild to think about? Just thinking about that necklace right now. I mean, from as old as it is, I would assume that wasn't a... That was handmade by somebody. That was not... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was you're mass produced. produced. No, so no, it's a very so, weak. So, it's a flangible metal. I mean, I so, can move it with my fingers, but I don't 
ever do that because that would be really bad, I would think. I would almost assume then, I would <clears throat> highly assume, that the person who made that uh, knew exactly what all those things were, too, you know? And that's, to me, that's just like a wild piece of jewelry to have that was handmade by somebody that actually understood all that shit that they put on that metal. That's fucking crazy that you have something well, like that. Well, here's the wilder story. Holy so shit. on that deployment, um, just maybe a month into that deployment, Mick hit an Three ID. Months. No, it happened in February. No, it was you in June. January 7th. It was in June. No, you came home in June. June. Yeah, it was in June. It happened in okay, June. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, he hit an ID, and, you know, when they're going down the road, he was in Iraq. When they're going down the road, they go, like, 60 miles an hour in case they hit an ID so that they just get the shockwave instead of the actual explosion, right? <clears throat> but this one was really big, so the shockwave was so big that it flipped over their vehicle, and he hit his head so hard on the windshield that he broke his Kevlar helmet, and he detached the capillaries from a major artery in his brain. And he came home a month later and he was having seizures and memory loss and all kinds of stuff. And so I took him immediately, obviously, to the hospital and they did all kinds of tests and whatnot. And they basically told me, they said, we have to cut into his brain. Well, they first they wanted to do gamma knife radiation. I said, absolutely not. Oh. But I, I brought him to a, I brought him to a different neurosurgeon. I was like, I want a second opinion. So we got a second opinion. They said, yes, we do have to cut into his brain, but not with gamma knife radiation. We'll do this the old fashioned way. But the old-fashioned way has only gone back five years. And everyone that we've done this to is dead. So there is an 85% chance that he'll be dead in five years. The 15% chance is just literally the grace of God that he'll still be alive. And that was 16 years ago. So he, he fell in that grace of God part. Oh, shit. And that's why I said that he's not dead yet because I haven't killed him because I, <laughs> I refuse to let him go. Okay? So... <laughs> Because he has a purpose. Why I have no idea. But <laughs> Sometimes so, maybe you're better off not knowing and just letting it happen. Well, yes. <laughs> kind of like so, sex with Kobe. <laughs> Again, no Ouija boards present. Um, all right. So this this is this is kind of the crazy part here. Okay. So all that backstory there, bloodlines and Rh negative and royal families and whatnot. That all leads to this. So we took a trip to Pennsylvania last weekend. My very best friend's wedding. We'd grown up together. Um, I hadn't seen him in probably 15 years. He got rapid onset cancer from the jab, although, of course, he refuses to admit it's from the jab. But he's 42, and he's got prostate cancer, and he, came, he was diagnosed with it six weeks after the jab. So I know he probably doesn't have much longer for this world, right? Oh. So we absolutely, we were, going to, we were going to his wedding, you know, not a question. And we drove. It's 11 hours each way. Okay. So I had this dream. I think it was a dream. I don't know. And when I woke up, I reached down and I grabbed a journal. And mind you, I don't journal. I don't have a dream book. I don't write shit down. I remember everything. I don't need to write things down. Right. But for some reason, like a week and a half ago, I bought this journal just completely randomly and it had literally been just been sitting on the floor next to my bed for like a week and a half with no reason. What are you bitching about? Whatever. So what? Okay. So anyway, so I wrote it all down and it took me as long to write it all down as it did for me to experience it in the first place. So a solid three hours, right? 
So I wrote from one o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the morning. I didn't get tired. I didn't like, I wasn't hungry, thirsty. I didn't stop. I had no idea how long it took me, but I wrote it all down. So I'm going to read it to you because this is about 99% of what this experience was. I, again, relived the whole thing. So here goes. All right. An angel came to visit me last night. Michael, I think. We, my husband and I, were at my best friend's wedding in Pennsylvania. We did a trip, which meant 20 hours in the car for one day with my friend, but it was worth it because he won't be with us much longer. And I'm so grateful I got to see him one last time. It was a beautiful wedding, small, intimate, 100 people in a cafe with the wedding and reception in the same place. We went to see my friend's house in the afternoon to hang out for a bit before the event. We got to the wedding a little early, about 4.15 for a 5 o'clock ceremony. Um, so, you know, it was an open bar, so why not? Mick had a few too many martinis early on, so I laid off because we have a deal. Whichever one of us gets drunk first does not drive. That usually means that I'm the one that ends up driving, but so be it. Um, we met some cool people, especially Brian with the blue hair and his partner, Brian. And they both loved Mick. He pretends to be antisocial, but when he wants to be and when he's got his Irish up, he can charm anyone. Uh, the ceremony was beautiful. And very unique to them. Just perfect. Dinner was great. The music was fabulous. The dancing just got started. And then it got weird. So I came in from the outside patio just in time for cake because I love cake. (laughs) And I sat down next to Mick. And then his watch dinked. And he looked at it. It was a text message. And he said, you know that number I told you to remember? Which one? There's a lot of numbers. 666, 500 million, 70%. So 47.1. It just came out. He's referring to the audit numbers, which he disclosed on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Side note, I have not yet seen this made public, and I've been looking, but it did say that the Arizona got the report and a judge ordered its release. It was supposed to come out last Monday, but it hasn't yet. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. I actually totally forgot all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's supposed to come out again tomorrow. Anyway. Um, So then it's watched it again. And he looked at it and he went white and completely sober. And he looked at me and he said, we've got to go. And I said, what do you mean we've got to go? It's my best friend's wedding. We drove 11 hours for this. What the fuck? Like, why, do, why are you pulling out of my best friend's wedding? We haven't even started dancing yet. The fuck is going on? And he said, I just got a warning that we're not safe in Pennsylvania. Who even knows we're here? And now I was sober and calm because I don't lose my shit under pressure. We've been married for way too long and I trust him. So when he tells me something like this and he's serious, I I drop whatever and I do what he says, right? That's just how it works. And so I told him, I just told my parents and my boss and the kids, I don't think we said it on the podcast, just that we were traveling and I went back and listened and we didn't. And he said, I don't think so either. He said, eat your cake, say your goodbyes and I'll meet you out back. And so I did. I told my friend that we had to go. And that if anyone asked us, asked about us, we were never here. And I grabbed up our nameplates from the table. And I saw Brian with the blue hair on the way out the front door. And I called Mick. Actually, I texted him first, but he didn't respond right away. So I called him and I asked him, where are you? And he said, by the truck, about a block away. He had gone out the back and I went out the front. So he met me about halfway down. I went down the street and I'm in heels, but I'm pretty quick in heels. And uh, he met me right out the front of the porch and... We were underneath an umbrella and he said, no one contacted me until you went out by outside by yourself. They're not after me. They're after you. And I said, who's after me? And he said, they're watching us. He said, look up, but don't let them see you looking up. 
like, don't let who see me looking up, right? He's like, just look up, peer up from under the umbrella. And I look up and he says, what do you see up in the sky? I said, I don't know, a satellite? He said, yeah, that's how they're watching us. Okay. So he's like completely paranoid, paranoid, off his fucking rocker. I have no idea what's wrong with him. Like we're in some fucking, what, what's that, that, uh, that, that movie, the, the undercover, like, you know, escape and evade shit. Oh, Eagle Eye. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, it's like we're in Eagle Eye, right? This is some crazy, I, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Right. So we go to the truck and he gets in the driver's seat and he's like, do you, and I, I asked him, do you want me to drive? And he said, absolutely not. And then he proceeded to utilize all of his training, which I have never experienced before. I don't know anything about it. He's not told me anything about what he knows or what he can do. I mean, I have a general idea, but no specific details. Right. He went, I mean, he went full like escape and evade mode. He went up and down side streets. He, he at one point he was doing a hundred miles an hour on the highway while only watching the rear view and the side view mirrors. He actually had me watching the front while he was watching the rear view and the side view mirrors as he's going 102 miles an hour in our pickup truck down the highway. Um, we get closer to the hotel and he's, you know, zipping, like going up and down, like, okay, if they watch for cars with round headlights, if they don't follow us after the next turn, then it's not them. Right. Okay. Keep an eye on that car. All right. We're going to make three more turns. If they don't follow us, it's not them. Um, as we got closer to the hotel, he pulled, he went past the hotel down the highway and then pulled a UE in the middle of the road to go back. All right. Like I'm talking full escape and evade. Damn. Now, how fast was I going when I did the UE? About According 60 miles an hour. Oh, okay. Oh, what's, what's with the circle? Oh, there's the, uh, the circle headlights around headlights. That's what I wanted to know. It's a little known fact. And until she told me this, I honestly did not believe this really ever happened. I thought she, when she started this, I was like, you have lost your fucking mind. There is no fucking way in the world that this ever happened. And then he she remembers started, nothing. She, yeah, I have no recollection of any of this. But the last thing he remembers is us being outside at the wedding. That's it. She started telling me this stuff like doing 102 uh you you do that first of all you go that fast because anybody that's trying to keep up with you is going to make themselves known anybody oh yeah because you'll see them to trying to catch you, up yeah exactly you're going to see them haul ass through traffic i was thinking uh, i the, the, when she told me about it i was like there's no way there's just nothing that and then she started going into detail what i was doing and then the yui that's huge because anytime that you flip direction somebody who's following you or trying to follow you, they're going to make themselves known then too, because you're going to see them go, uh, do I follow them? You're going to see them like jerk in the road. You're going to see headlights jerk. Now the red he round headlights, um, uh, refers to government cars. Government cars are big for round headlights. If you ever look at any of the old Fords, Oh, Caprice classics, they all had round headlights. You always oh, look for round headlights. There's always a different shape uh back in the day it was a lot easier to tell these days it's really hard because everybody's got those little uh the the neon like the little uh, the led or the, lights or whatever they're called yeah, right? the led and they got the round reflective areas behind them they're a little bit harder to discern but you can tell the difference between this if you just drive down the road tonight when you're driving home just look in your rearview mirror look at the headlights tell me if you can discern between different types of cars just based on headlights based on headlights at night night is the best time to drive because I can always tell the difference between who's behind me, who's not. I can always see around headlight. When she started telling me this shit, I was like, uh, okay, now you're kind of getting freaky because there's no way I would ever, ever tell another human being about this. It's just something that 
we've learned it's something you pick up you 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 learn you hold on to you do enough surveillance you do enough where you're he's watching. literally been trained in this shit you just know it's like literally i would never ever tell her this and then next thing you know she's telling me all about it in this story i'm like are, are like you, you could have sure made that, all this up right <laughs> okay, that's so i honestly that, thought that to this point tip of the iceberg so let me keep going because this shit gets wild and crazy after this okay that's not wild and crazy enough. That's not even close to wild and oh, crazy. Shit. So we drive up the road to the hotel with his lights off and he backs into a parking space across from the side door, which happened to be the door to the hall that our room was located. So it was very convenient. Um, so there's a drunk guy standing outside. He almost seemed like too obviously drunk. And so he just stood there for a while. He's leaning against the wall. Sometimes he'd sway down. He was smoking something, maybe a cigarette, a joint, something. Anyway, he walked towards the truck. And he, he was kind of circling around the truck towards my side. And Mick thought he was going to go get a look at the plate. But then the guy turned away and he went towards the dumpster. And he threw out whatever he was smoking, his, his butt or whatever. And then he went around the corner of the building towards the pool. And at the same time, a car pulled in, a minivan with round headlights and a roof rack. And it was the same car that Mick thought had been following us earlier. But they pulled into a spot in front of the side door. And a man and a woman and a teenager got out with all their bags. And Mick was still paranoid as shit. He was like, if they don't all walk around the front, if one of them stays back, we're leaving. We're leaving everything in the room and we're going home. And I was like, the fuck we are. We literally have a $5,000 computer in there with all of our personal information on it. My tablet, our clothes. I was like, fuck it. I'll go get it. I don't care. Right. I have no fear. I don't give a shit. Like, I'll go get it. And he was like, absolutely not. If they're after you, you're not going by yourself. We'll go together. And I was like, okay. So... I was like, look, we'll just, we'll go in, we'll pack our stuff and we'll just get out of Pennsylvania. We'll get back in the truck and we'll just, we'll drive home. Like it's 8.30 at night right now. It's a 10 hour drive. Like we'll, we'll switch off. We'll be there early in the morning. No. Okay. So we go to our room without any issue and I immediately start packing things up. We didn't have much, you know, we'd only been there for a day, changed out of my party dress. And then Mick said, if they're watching us and we leave right now, they'll get us easily. So let's get a few hours of sleep and leave first thing. That way there's more traffic to blend with. And I was like, I think that's a great idea. You drove all day yesterday. You had a lot to drink tonight. We could both use some sleep. But I'm really glad you gave me some before we left. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I promised you I'm going to keep that promise, right? And he's standing in front of the door. He's holding his gun and he's listening for sounds in the hallway. And I laughed. And I was like, how are you going to keep that promise if you're watching the door? That's, that just doesn't happen. So he did keep his promise. And he took off his clothes and he hung his jacket very carefully on the hanger. And he looked at the pins on it for a minute, like a long minute, studying them like he'd never seen them before. Okay. The pins on his jacket are his special forces tab, his ranger tab. What else is on there? Uh, my retired army pin, the actual lapel pin, and then the Irish uh, U.S. colada. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's seen these pens a million times. He's looking at them. He's staring at them. And then he goes back to the door. Uh, and he'd thrown his gun on the bed. So he asked me to bring him his gun. And then he was like, get over there. And he motioned me back over to the bed. He's whispering. And he's listening to voices and noises in the hallway. So and then he turned back and he looked at me. And it's really weird. I'd never seen this look in his eyes before. And it's not just the look in his eyes. It was the look of his eyes. So his eyes are very light blue, Right. You can see him on the video. He's got very light blue eyes. His eyes were almost black. Like they were dark. 
It was very weird. Fucking creepy. Very creepy. And I didn't recognize it. I didn't realize it until later on. Okay. But anyway, he honestly looked like a caged animal. It was kind of scary and compelling at the same time. So he put his gun down on the nightstand. And anyway, so uh, he's still watching the door. We're on the bed. And he says to me, he said, I'll always protect you. That's why I'm here. And I said, I know. That's why you're still here. You're here to protect me and our children. And he said, they're not my children. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're damn skippy. They're your children. Right? We've got a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old, right? The like, little one especially looks just like him. Like, there is I'd be no like, yo, doubt. this is what you want to talk about in this type of situation, right? Right? <laughs> he's like, they're... Uh, yeah, no, I was like, they're definitely your kids. The little one looks just like you. And he said, in whose eyes? In your eyes, is what he said to me. And I said, in everyone's eyes. He literally looks just like you. And he said, in your eyes. And then he said, have you never been with another man? Now, again, Mick and I have known each other our entire lives. When he was stalking me, I always had a boyfriend. And he would never ask me out on a date because I always had a boyfriend. And it took him to grow up and grow some balls to steal me away from one of those boyfriends that I was living with at the time. So he knows damn well that I've been with other men, right? So, and I said to him, I said, uh, not around the, time I was getting, around the time I was getting pregnant, because I can't lie to him. I never could. I really can't lie to anyone. It's kind of a fault. I'm brutally honest. It gets me in trouble all the time. So anyway, he, he says to me again, he said, they're not my kids. And I looked at him and I knew it wasn't my husband in there. It was someone else entirely. And I said, who are you? And he said, I can't tell you that. If I reveal myself, it will bring death, famine, plague, and war. And I said, aren't we already there? The world's been fucked for a long time. It's not getting any better. And he said, not yet. Soon, but not yet. And I said, is that why I haven't been able to call you by your name all night? And he said, yes, I am not he. And I said, well, where is my husband? And he said, dead. And I said, no, he's not. I can still feel his energy. I would know if my husband were dead. And he said, he died a long time ago. I said, no, he didn't. I brought him back and I'm keeping him with me. He's still here. He didn't die a long time ago. Our little one is proof of that. Now, mind you, our little one was conceived and born after the doctor's expiration date had passed, right? And he says to me, you need to listen more. And I said, I listen all the time. And he said, God's been trying to reach you. And I said, I listen all the time. That's why I sit outside. And he grabbed my wrist and he said, know this, your children are not mine. But no matter what happens, this one will be mine. And he put his hand on my belly. Now, I have no idea if I'm pregnant. As far as I know, I'm not pregnant. I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. Yeah. And then he asked me why I was shivering. And I was like, well, I'm a little cold and a little freaked out. And I asked him, why are you so calm now? You were completely paranoid not 30 minutes ago. And he said, we're protected now. You have a guardian angel and God is all around us. And I said, I know about my angel. It's why I was never seriously injured in all my car accidents. 
but I felt stalked all my life. And he said, you chose to be here. I said, I know I chose to be here in this time and that I have a purpose, but I don't know what it is. And he said, you need to listen more. You don't believe. And I said, I do listen. Strangers have been walking up to me on the street my whole life and telling me that I'll bring a lot of people to the light, but I don't know what that means. How do I do that? I asked. He said, you need to listen more and try harder. And I was really frustrated because that's just really frustrating, right? <laughs> I said, what if I don't like the answer? He said, it doesn't matter. That's not your choice. And I said, well, what about free will? He said, free will is a joke. God controls everything. I said, free will is not a joke. He said, no, you gave up your free will when you made your choice before you came to this time. I said, okay. Wow. And then I said, I want a daughter. And he said, you can't have one. You're to have the son of man. And I said, no, absolutely not. I'm too old. And he said, that's what Mary said. And I said, I don't want that for myself. And he said, it doesn't matter what you want. And I said, well, I don't want that for my boys. They shouldn't have to go through that. And he said, they chose to be here too in this time for their own purpose. You need to listen more. You don't believe. Now, our, our boys have special gifts, right? Our teenager is basically a tech genius. It's insane. And our youngest one is probably one of the strongest empaths I've ever met and a bit of a medium. Yet our oldest one, who's this tech genius, can't figure out my problem with Zoom and my fucking soundboard. <laughs> so I really get pissed <laughs> off. So anyway, but I still feel, you know, I still feel driven to protect my children, right? So um, I said, I shouldn't have cut my hair. And he said, yes, you should have. Now, I was trying to trip him up. And I said, do you know about the tones and the numbered ones? I had learned these things from my research into the Vril, and I did not share them with Mick at all. I knew he knew, he knew nothing about them. And he said, of course I do. And he was angry all of a sudden when before he was completely calm. And I said, he, he asked me, he said, what do you know about them? And he, he was almost menacing, but magnificent all at the same time. And I said, I've been in contact with one of the numbered ones. Do you want to call him? I was kind of throwing my anger back at him, right? But I, I have no fear of him. So he would never hurt me. He would lay down his life for me. I've always known that. And he, he, was, he, he called my bluff. He said, yes, call him. And I was like, well... I've got his phone number, but I've never spoken to him. I've only emailed and it's pretty late. So he let it go. And then he says to me, I'm getting messages from God and Jesus. And I said, text messages? What service do they use? Verizon, AT&T? And he said, Horizon. And I laughed because it was funny. <laughs> Where do you go with that? And then he was silent for a minute and he looked at me. And he said, that's not the bloodline I'm here to protect, right? Because when I was talking about the real stuff, the tones and the numbered ones, that's, that's the real bloodline in me. That's the Orsic bloodline. He said, that's not the bloodline I'm here to protect. He said, I'm Catholic. I protect the blood of St. Clair. And I told him, I said, I know I'm descended from Jesus and Mary. And he said, you don't understand what that means. And I said, I'm the dragon? Because I was trying to remember my revelations. 
And he yelled at me. He said, no, you're supposed to fight the dragon. And then he said, you have 10 years from today, September 4th. Gave me an exact timeline. And then he walked back over to the door. And he stood in front of the mirror and he was looking at himself. And I looked too, because he's got an amazing ass. Like you don't understand. My husband never went to fat, not once ever right? He has that, that perfect, like he's got the, the nine pack that every woman is like, why can't my husband have that? Right? Like my husband is pure eye candy, right? He's like, he doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. It's kind of ridiculous. So anyway, I mean, I just throw a bag over his head and I, but I was like, you know what? I, I can throw a bag over your head, but I, I can't ever fake a six pack. So you, you can't ever put weight on. Fuck the dad bod. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> so he looks in the mirror and he says, few women marry a true warrior. He said, you can't see my wings, but they're there. That was freaky, right? Yes, I know. Mick still thinks I'm fucking crazy. And then he was like, you're shivering again. And yeah, I, I'm a little freaked out. Okay. So he grabbed me and he pulled me down on his lap and he, kissed my forehead firmly. And he said, I loved you, but he loves you. And I knew he was talking about Mick. And he, I said, I knew you before this time. And he said, yes, your mother knew me too. I said, my mother, he said, yes, she arranged your marriage. There's arranged marriages and there's arranged marriages. And you should know the difference. Now, there's a running joke that my mother arranged our marriage. And that is true. She did. She chose Mick. She arranged our marriage. She bullied both of us into it. It's, it's not a joke, right? My mother flat out arranged our marriage. And it's worked out. She's a smart woman. We haven't killed each other yet. So, okay. Um, not for the lack of trying. <laughs> there, there is that. <laughs> um, so then he said, he goes, he can't feel his right leg. He's really fucked up. And I said, yeah, I know. He's not been able to feel his right leg for 15 years. Oh, I told you I've kept him here. His purpose is not yet fulfilled, he said. Trust him. He'll protect you. I cannot stay here. And then he closed his eyes, and all of a sudden, his right arm jerked above his head like something was pulling him up and out and, like, rolled him over onto his side. And then he rolled back, and he wasn't breathing. And now... We've gone through seizures before where he stopped breathing. I know how to deal with them. This was not a standard seizure. Like I've been there. I've done that. I know what a seizure looks like. This was not a regular seizure, but I, I did the normal thing I do. I rubbed his chest, like knuckled his chest and smacked his face and, you know, breathed a couple breaths into his mouth. I'm like, come back to me, come back to me. This happens. I don't know. Every couple of months or so he'll have a seizure like that, but not like this. So he opened his eyes and there was no recognition at all. He didn't know who I was. He was like, get the fuck off of me. Who are you? Get the fuck away from me. What the hell is going on? And I was like, calm down. It's okay. Come back to me. And then his eyes closed again and he stopped breathing again. And I started again, the, you know, chest massage and smacking his face and telling him to come back to me. And his eyes opened again. And this time he recognized me. And I asked him, I said, you know who I am? And he said my name. And I said, good, you know where we are. And he looked around the hotel room and he said, we're in D.C. I just dropped off a prisoner. 
That happened 17 years ago before we got married when he was in California and I was in Connecticut and we met in DC because he was bringing a prisoner to Quantico. He had no recollection of the 17 consecutive years, right? So I told him, I said, no, babe, we're in Pennsylvania. We drove up for my friend's wedding. Holy shit. It's, it's 2021. We've been married for 17 years. We've got two kids. We do a podcast together where we rail at the government. Biden is pretending to be president. And he said, who? <laughs> he said, who? And I said, Joe Biden. I said, Trump was president before him. That was the shit. And he said, who? And I said, Donald Trump. And then he passed out again and he, and he stopped breathing again. And I went back to the chest massage and slapping him in the face and all that. And then I yelled at him. I was like, come back to me. And his eyes opened and they were black again. And he said, why am I back? And I said, I don't know. Where is my husband? And he said, he's over there. He kind of rolled his eyes back, indicating behind him. And I said, bring him back, all of him in this time. I want all, I want all of my husband back. I want all of his memories back. And he said, his hand is the key. And he closed his eyes and I grabbed his hand and he immediately came jerk, jerking up, like sat straight up with his big, deep gulp of air. And he knew who I was. And I asked him, I said, what's the last thing you remember? And he said, dancing. No, talking to the Brian's on the patio. He said, how did we get here? And I, I started to tell him the story and then he closed his eyes and he stopped breathing again. And I grabbed his hand right away and he came right back up with another deep breath, just like before. Mind you, it normally takes me a good five to 10 minutes to bring him back. He has oh, never come fuck. back instantly like that oh with me just God. holding his hand. Okay. And he came back again and, and he stayed this time. In fact, he wanted to go back to the wedding because he was like, what happened? How'd we get here? I was like, you pulled me out of my best friend's wedding in the middle of the wedding. He's like, let's go back. I said, it's 1130 at night. We're not going back now. Okay. So we started this adventure at about eight o'clock, 830. And now it's 1130 at night. So three hours, three and a half hours, all said and done all the way through. And I told him everything that happened. And when I asked him, when I told him that I, what I said about the tones and the numbered ones, he said, what the fuck is that? Because he didn't know anything about them because I'd never told him about them before. So that's fucking wild. Anyway, that's some crazy shit. So basically, um, then he told me, he's like, what kind of weed were you smoking at the wedding? I said, I had one hit at like two o'clock in the afternoon before the wedding even started. And it, it wasn't even that strong. I, I was not drunk. I was not high. I was not dreaming. I was not asleep. I'm telling you what happened. A hundred percent. So basically he was like, so you're telling me that I was possessed by the angel Gabriel and that you're the next Mary and you're going to bear the son of man and fight the dragon. No, that is not what I said at all. Cause that's not anything close to what I would say. What I said is, first of all, you are fucking, you are nuttier than squirrel turds. <laughs> hey. And then I said, then I went on further to say, cause then I had to, because how else do you follow something like that up with? And when she's telling me this, as we're driving back to Georgia the next morning, I'm sitting there going, so wait a minute, someone who knows that he is going to hell, which she knows that I've done way too much shit for me to ever, 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 he's ever not going to hell, be allowed back into heaven. That's never happening. I have a better chance of fucking having sex with Kobe than I do. <laughs> I said, you mean to tell me that I, someone who already knows that no matter what I do, there's nothing I can do to get back to where I need to be. I, in my religious belief was possessed by the archangel Gabriel. 
who Mary said came and visited her, and everybody said that Mary was crazy, as she told everybody, yeah, I was visited by an angel last night, and everybody sat there and said, yeah. I said, so you really want to be known because we all know, and again, I am a Catholic, so what is the second coming of Jesus? Anybody, anybody, anybody? It's the end of time. Uh, it's the apocalypse. He brings with him, he bears with him the four horsemen who bring the end of mankind. It is the apocalypse. I said, so you want to be known as the mother of the apocalypse? And she's like, yeah, I want to go on this podcast with this guy. And I just want to tell this complete fucking stranger that I'm absolute fucking psycho. And I'm a nutbag. And look at me. Yo, I'm you know. Fucking nuttier than squirrel turns. Yeah, you know, it's funny. At one point when she was telling the story and I was trying to like get an idea of what of what you were saying actually you know i was paying attention and and in my mind now i'm not saying this in a this name the name that goes along with this sounds a lot worse than it is but to me in magic i would be like is she describing herself as the scarlet whore right now to other people to catholics that would be mary that would be the same same fucking thing i hate to tell you same person but in, in occultism, but that would be Mary. But it's so like I was even saying, like, I'm even thinking the same thing you were thinking. Is that something that you really want to be, though? <laughs> like, fuck. Well, forget that's, no, that's, that's rough. That's how, okay. <laughs> the whole part of that, the whole part of that that gets weirder is. Well, listen, uh, if it's all, true, remember who all, I am. All right. Okay. I, no, no. I do not. I do not remember any part of this. I have absolutely no recollection for roughly about five and a half hours that night. I have no recollection from the time that we left the, the wedding to the time we got back to the hotel room to the time that I actually woke up in the hotel room going, how the fuck did we get here? Oh, I'm, as yeah. far as as far as I know, I was fucking hammered. But everything that she told me, she tells it with such sincerity. And the fact that she sat down one night. And literally, there were things that she did not tell me when we were driving back. She asked me questions. She kept asking me. She goes, who was the angel that visited Mary? I was like, well, that's Gabriel. That's simple. Just look it up in the Bible. It's right there in the Bible. She because finally I thought, went, it was, I thought it was Michael that was visiting me, to be quite honest. I thought it was Michael. Well, now, was, she, was this angel giving you a message from God, like, specifically? Because I would normally go with Gabriel. But, I mean, I, yes, not necessarily. that I had to listen more. So, here's where it well, see, and now that that okay. even went along with uh, this is going to be crazy, the sphere of Bina um, on the Kabbalah tree of life, where uh, Mary would be or the Scarlet Whore would be, the virtue is silence. It's like shut the fuck up and listen until you go deaf. Basically, that's what that's yeah. about. So when you were telling me that too, I was like, yo, what the fuck? All so right, like so a lot of with- stuff does go with with what you were saying. I totally dig it and believe it. With okay, everything, so with everything that she said, though, because I started asking some very specific questions following because she would only ask me questions the following day. She wouldn't actually tell me what took place. So finally, we get back here. She has this little epiphany that she's got to write all this shit down. Well, she left her little fucking book out there on the uh, on the porch. And I was out there one. We were out there the other night and I was cooking and I, I started reading it. And I started reading the detail in which she remembered and what she wrote down. I was just like, all right, some of this shit, three or four things, okay, maybe. But when she started, like, it's like when you, a cop in a crime scene, you know, you look at a crime scene, you, you, you don't expect to find every piece of physical evidence laying behind. When I read this, I'm looking at all this shit wrote down. I'm like, well, this either really happened 
or you have a very active and accurate imagination to the fact, to the attunement of stuff that I have never, and I know, I know I've never told her anything of what I did in the military because there's a lot of shit I've done. And I was like, you either have a very active and attentive imagination and accurate, forget attentive, you're accurate, or I talk in my fucking sleep. <laughs> And there's some shit I'm letting out that you're listening to at night that nobody else in the world is supposed to hear. There's actually and a whole other podcast that you don't know about. It is just recordings of you talking on it that, that she she's put out. Because <laughs> she had shit. And I'm reading this going, I finally asked her. I was like, wait a minute. Did all this shit really happen that you, she's like every single word of it. I, I, I believe that. Sure. And so I'm sitting there going, all right. First of all, my first question, why me? Because I have, I'm the worst person that God okay, would ever, so ever I can actually to answer that question. But before I do, it gets better. Okay. So the day that he read that actually in my journal was Saturday, just this past Saturday. And he was cooking before we went out for drinks with some good friends of ours that just moved back down here. And our kid, our Teenagers babysitting their kids. So we we're bringing all the kids over to their house and then going out drinking, right? So we go out drinking. He has one martini and two beers, okay? That is nothing for him, right? He's had four beers just sitting here talking to you, okay? So, I mean, <laughs> one martini and, and two beers is, is nothing. I, I literally buy a 12-pack every other day in this house. I keep him well lubricated because he's much happier when he's drunk. So it's the Irish in him. Hey, I'm fucking Irish, all right? Okay. Jesus Christ. So anyway, but we drove my car downtown um, just because it was parked behind his. So I was driving, not a big deal. Because, um, hey, I might be pregnant anyway, so I probably shouldn't drink that much. But Fuck. Right? <laughs> who knows? Yo, so, that shit's wrong, man. It's wild. fucking so bug anyway. me out if you are. So <laughs> Me too. So, uh, so we go downtown. And we go to this new place that opened and we had some very expensive fruity drink and he had the martini there. And then we go to another bar and um, he had, oh, he had a beer on the street and then he had two beers at this, this bar where a friend of ours is the bartender. So he had three beers total. Okay. And, but we had to leave because he had to work at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's like 1030 and we're like, all right, we'll go out, you know, we're, we're going to go, we'll go pick up the one kid, leave the other one there, the babysitter so that he can stay with the girls and they can, our friends can stay out longer and, you know, we'll go home. So we're on the corner of the street about a block and a half away from where our car was parked. And we're kind of making fun of the people that are standing next to us, right? There's this one dude that's wearing these shiny penny loafers with some like socks or without socks, but with like shorts and a t-shirt. He looked, he just looked ridiculous. Right. And so Mick's like pointing out his penny loafers. He's like, those are the most ridiculous shoes I've ever seen. And then there's another couple, both wearing masks that look like they're about to make out, right? They're outside on the sidewalk and they look like they're about to wear to make out wearing masks and I turned to him and I was like do you see those fucking sheeple wearing the masks that look like they're about to make out How I forgot that about that word and, and so and he and he was like Shh, not now and I'm like what right and as I'm as I'm saying this I'm like I'm turning to look at him and he's kind of turned away from me and his eyes are glazed over and then he turns back to me and he looks at me and he goes I just got a message that we're not safe here and we need to go and I was like, you got a message from who? What the fuck are you talking about? Who did you get a message from? And he goes, you didn't see him? That was, there was a guy standing right in front of me. And I was okay. like, no, I didn't see him. Stop. I'm not. Oh, mad. no, no, no. No, you're going to stop right now. Because there's one part of this that we did not bring up. 
And this is the crazy part. This is the part that like, I was like, so sure. I was like, I'm going to fucking trounce you right now. Watch this. Because if you remember back in the other story, going back to Pennsylvania, I got a text message said it wasn't safe. I was like, well, there's a simple way to confirm or deny any of this bullshit, right? So I was like, let's check my text messages. There was not a single text message in my phone that said anything about us not being safe in Pennsylvania. And I was like, uh, what are you talking about? Because here's my phone. You can look at all my text messages. I give a shit less about the dick pics. I send them <laughs> to dudes. They're not girls. So look at the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> look at the text messages and because we play this game at work it's like who could be gayer you know so who can get closer to the gay and I'm holding the phone I'm like where's the text message and she's like that is weird uh, no I said you asked the same thing last night the first the first time that you really woke up you checked your phone then and there were no text messages on it then either but anyway so I asked him I said who gave you this message he said you didn't see him this guy was standing right in front of me I was like, no, I didn't see anyone. Obviously, I wasn't meant to see anyone. He goes, you didn't hear him? He was so loud. I said, no, I didn't hear anything. Obviously, the message wasn't meant for me. So we walked to the car. And again, he's back in like escape and evade mode, right? So he's walking three feet behind me. And we're walking down the sidewalk. I'm not in heels. I'm in flip-flops. But we're walking down the sidewalk. He's three feet behind me. He was like, do not unlock your car door. Do not use your key fob until you get right up on the car. I said, I don't even need to use my key fob. All I have to do is touch the handle, right? I've got auto locks. So he's like, where's your key? I said, it's in my purse. It, it, it catches it through the bag. It's not a big deal. And I go to go out in the street to cut around the car that's parked in front of me. And he's like, no, get back up on the sidewalk. Okay. So walk up the sidewalk directly to the car. I open his door because I just touched the lock on his side and open his door. And I go around to the front and I get in the car. And we're driving. And he's like, oh, this way, go that way. And I'm like, all right, I have to get on the highway to go get the kids. So I'm going this way, right? And then he passes out. I'm like, fuck, right? He just kind of slouches over, leans down, and his head butts up against the dashboard. And I put my arm on him and I push him back. And his eyes open and he looks at me and he goes, where are we going? I said, we're going to pick up the kids. Well, we're going to pick up the little one. The, the big one's going to stay in babysit. He said, no, you're going to pick up your kid. And I said, oh, you again. And now I was kind of aggravated, right? I was just kind of being a cunty bitch this whole conversation, this one, right? So I'm like, oh, you again. What do you want? And he was like, what am I doing here? I said, I don't, what are you doing here? And he said, you didn't get the message. You still don't believe you need to listen more. And I was like, great, fucking back to listening more. Seriously, I listened. I listened after the last time and I sat down and I wrote the whole story down. What else am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to listen to? And he said, you don't have any faith. And I said, how can you say that I don't have faith? You know that I have faith. And he said, your faith is misplaced. So, well, then where would you like me to place it? He said, I can't tell you that. He can't tell you that. You have to figure that out for yourself. I said, well, you just told me that I don't have any faith. And then you told me that my faith is misplaced. So obviously that you think my faith is supposed to be someplace that it's not. So why don't you tell me where that is so that I can put it there? That'd be nice. <laughs> and he said, why are you acting like this? And I said, well, uh, honestly, at this point, I'm trying to see if you're just fucking with me. And if this is just a great big psyop. 
So honestly, yeah, I'm but like, the second one, I might have started questioning it. I'd be like, yo, you got away with the once. Like, let's not I'm try done. this again. I would have thought the same shit. Maybe you know. I'm so done with this. I'm like, no, I'm done. You need to listen more. Your faith is misplaced over and over again, the whole way. And honestly, I thought he was still going to be there by the time we get to pick up the kids. So we're, we're getting close to my friend's house and he passes out again. I'm like, great. He's gone. Fantastic. Get the fuck out of the car. I'm done. Right. And Mick comes back or I thought so. His eyes were blue again and bloodshot. Okay. And he said his shoulder hurt, which he also said after the last time that his shoulder hurt really bad. So weird. And I thought it was from his arm getting jerked up, but it was his other shoulder. Okay. So I get the kid, put him in the car, and he passes out again. And I push him back up, and the little one's like, is he okay? What's wrong? And I was like, no, he's fine. You know, he just had a little too much to drink. And he, and he looks at me, and he opens his eyes, and he goes, and his eyes are black again, and he goes, remember what I said. And I said, not here, not now. And he said, Ask the little one where your faith is. He knows where it is. And then he passed out again. And when he came back, he insisted, came back as Mick, came back as himself. He was insistent that his hands were bleeding and that his hands hurt really bad. Okay. His hands were bleeding. His hands hurt. And we got home and my kid confirmed this because my kid was in the car. And when I told him the story today, we came in and asked the kid, what did daddy say in the car? And he said, he said his hands, was ble- his hands were bleeding, his hands hurt, and then his feet hurt. So we get him into the house and I get him into bed and I start to undress him, right? He's basically catatonic, okay? And every like 30 seconds, he's just wincing in pain, like just gripping his hands like, oh, right? I mean, he honestly looked like he was trying to take the biggest shit you've ever seen. Like he looked like he was seriously heavily constipated, right? Like, right? He was in, he was in pain and his feet were clenched together, like one foot over the other. I was like, what's with the monkey feet? I'm trying to take his shorts off and I cannot get his legs apart to get his shorts off. And he said, my feet hurt. Oh my God, my feet hurt so bad. Um, okay. So also understand this too. When she said this to me, when she told me this today, she explained all of this and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Again, I have no recollection of any of this. All right. Mind you. And then the next morning I got up at like five o'clock in the morning. Like it was nothing. Went to work. Not a big deal. Cause I, I'm a firefighter. I do that every third day. And, um, so I'm sitting there and, uh, she tells me this today and granted I was gone all day yesterday. So we didn't talk about it at all. And then this morning I come home and she came home from work and she tells me all this when she shows me how my fl- feet were clenched. <laughs> and I believe there's a certain truth to physic physiology. Uh, I can't even speak today. Physicality as compared to your remembering things, right? The first time she did it, she took her right foot, stuck it over her left foot. Now understand on my body, my right foot, I have absolutely no feeling. And for me to clench my right foot like that, that strong, I can't do it. It just doesn't compute. Head, ass, whole, all those things don't compute. They don't touch. They don't talk to each other. So I cannot do it. And it was clenched together so hard that you could not pull my shorts off of my legs. I literally couldn't pull his legs apart. And it was his right foot over his left foot. And I was when like, he told me that's that he felt hard pain, to believe. When he told me that he felt pain pain in his feet, I asked him then, I said, Can you feel pain in your right foot? And he said, Yes. I said, How is that possible? You can't feel that foot. 
He said, I don't yeah, know. That's and he was in so much pain at one point. He said, let me go. Let me go with them. I said, no, you can't go. You can't go with them. He said, just let me go with them. I said, no, you have to stay here with me. You are not allowed to go with them. You are not allowed to leave me yet. You must stay here with me. Your purpose is not done. You must stay here. And I said to him, I laid down next to him and I, I kind of like put my chin on his chest. I put my hand, my hands on his chest and my chin on my hand, on his hands, right on my hands. Right. And I, I looked up at him and I was like, I said, I know what this is. And I don't know how I knew what this was. It just came to me. I said, I know what this is. And he said, what is this? I said, you are feeling the pain of stigmata. And he said, that's, that can't be. I said, why not? He said, because I'm not holy. I said, yes, you are, but that's not what this is about. This isn't a lesson for you. And I bet you're not even going to remember this tomorrow. This is a lesson for me. This is a lesson to show me and she's that damn this right, is real. I don't and that fucking this is remember. where I have to put my faith. I don't and remember any of this bullshit. See, the and thing is, you can hurt me all day long. I don't give a shit what you do to me. But you hurt the people I love. You hurt my husband. You hurt my children. I will do anything to stop that. I will believe whatever. I will say whatever. I will do whatever to protect my family. And I think that was his way of getting through to me. Well, see, you're just that type of thinking. You're already halfway there with the Scarlet Witch. And that's some mind-blowing <laughs> shit. Because I'm like, the No, no lie. Not, no offense. I mean, don't take it the wrong do way. You, but <laughs> Do you not see it? I, I was like, I, I'm... I've really no, that, shit, been that shit's fucking mind blowing. You know what? You know what's gonna say? I'm gonna have to re-listen to this a few times and probably ask you questions afterwards, because it was things what? that you had even said to me that I think some of the uh, side effects that you talked about, like the blackening of the eyes and the um the other stuff, I, I think is kind of from my experience uh, in in a way um, side effects from coming close to like crossing over, in my opinion. You know? Okay, so oh, then so whatever, let's like, like, time out, time out, time out, time out. Before she cough. finishes, before she finishes, um, understand. I've been legally dead now three times. The three times I've been legally dead, it was like literally for over four minutes each time. Um, heart stop, done breathing, not even nothing. They brought me back each time. A um, couple of times, the doctor said we really didn't think you were coming back because we kind of figured everything had, you were done. Um, I've had near death experiences. Not that I remember a fucking single one of them. Uh, I can remember bits and pieces of what happened. I can see fragments. I can't see like the whole image, so to speak. Um, I have been very lucky in a lot of the shit I've done. Uh, I was shot four times. Uh, the four times I was shot, not a single round pierced the armor, broke ribs. I had some broken ribs, broken back. I had all sorts of issues midsection from where I got shot. Um, but never anything that like actually fucked me up. Uh, I was sitting on a porter shitter next to another dude when a mortar strike happened and the dude in the shitter next to me died and I had survived somehow and there was a hole right through the shitter where my head should have been and somehow it completely missed my Fuck. whole head. And I sat there wow. and said, uh, wow. Because he was wearing happen? his miracle medal every single time. So there's a lot of there's there's a lot of shit that's happened, I guess I could say in a 
super spiritual way that I kind of sit back and I look at my life and I say, uh, the only reason I'm alive is because I haven't accomplished something that that guy up there said, you're not done with yet because I honestly should be six feet under. Um, some and I shouldn't have a half a million dollars in the bank, but we're neither here nor there. So I, I can wrap all this up. That's actually. more like a million, but yeah, that's true. <clears throat> two, two and a half, I think, if once all the insurance pays out. Well, if it ever does. <laughs> anyway, to know. I, I have him well insured. But um, so on my way, on our way home from Pennsylvania, of course, I immediately start digging into angelic possession, which there is very little research on angelic possession. But I was trying to find out anything I could. Right. So the thing I found that struck me the most. Psycho. And this kind of brings it all together. This literally, what I told you, I was wrap, going to wrap it all up in a bow at the end for you. This is it. Yes. And Mick, you can think I'm psycho, but this is, this has to do with you and your bloodline and potentially why you have no spike protein in your blood. Because here's the crazy thing. Mick got the jab because he's an asshole. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, look at that surprise face. But he actually had his blood tested by a hematologist in July and he has no spike protein whatsoever in his blood. In fact, they said he's he's one of like 9% of the world's population that has, what's what's that thing on your blood called, babe? That like protective coating in your blood? Milligiletin. Okay. So basically he doesn't get sick. He doesn't get injured. His blood heals itself. Okay. So here's some craziness. This is the thing I found that struck me the truest. Angelic possession refers to the unique form of possession exhibited by angels. Unlike demons or vengeful spirits, which may possess hosts with impunity, angels require both the consent of the vessel as well as said vessel belonging to a particular bloodline able to contain them. So when that guy that I didn't see that had the really loud voice walked up to Mick on the street and told him that he wasn't supposed to be here, and I kept asking Mick after that, what exactly did he say? What were his words and what did he look like? I think he was asking permission at that time. Anyway, a true vessel refers to a single human who is preordained by fate to serve as a particular angel's vessel during a certain time period or event. While anyone directly kin to the true vessel can safely hold the angel, only this one human is regarded as the angel's proper vessel attributes. True vessels are unaffected both by an angel's true voice as well as the blinding radiance their presence gives off when they are disembodied. This is true not just of their own angel, but also of any other celestial beings they may encounter. This makes them valuable mediums of light. True vessels have a telepathic link or open phone line with their possessing angel. This link can only be instigated by chanting an Enochian summoning spell into the ear of the vessel and invoking the angel by name. This link also allows the angel to invade the vessel's dreams. In addition to being able to host their own angel, true vessels may hold another angel for a time before they must return to heaven or find their own vessels. This is a temporary affair as the possessing angel will instinctively be driven out by the vessel's unaccommodating body. Now, in the first story at the very end, he told me, I cannot stay any longer. I've already been here too long. Okay. Uh, If a true vessel undergoes a physiological change which compromises its integrity as a host, such as being changed into another creature... The angel may still possess its vessel and slowly cleanse or rewrite its genetic makeup back into that of a healthy human. Oh, which would explain by why Mick has no spike protein in his blood after taking the jab. Anyway, so um, 
Known bloodlines, Cain's descendants, those descended from the father of murder, share his mark, a curse which ensures that any malice they do onto others shall be inflicted onto themselves sevenfold. So that could be, since he's married to me, he could be a descendant of Cain, and this could be his sevenfold infliction. Okay. He's done a lot of bad shit. And I've done a lot of bad shit to him. But I don't think so. The descendants this is of- all multiplied by seven right over here. <laughs> Just the descendants of Cain are among the most potent of angel bloodlines made to host the fallen Sherab Lucifer himself. Abel's descendants. The descendants of Abel are regarded with reverence by the angels. The Abelites usually live charmed lives, even those from unfortunate backgrounds usually manifesting in sensuality. Abelites are perhaps the most potent of the bloodlines made to host the Seraph Michael himself. Mm. So, anyway, that's what I found, and it struck me as fitting, I should say. Whether it's true or not, or it just came out of someone's imagination, I have no idea. However, Michael was the archangel of war. War. He was not the archangel that came down and talked to Mary. Gabriel, specifically, was the angel that came down and... Gabriel, when he came down to talk to Mary, according to the Bible, he was not an archangel. He did not become an archangel until well after that. So, and actually another interesting thing that happened the second time, um, he said to me at one point, he said, you don't know your history. And I said, well, I know the history that's been taught to me, but if no one's taught it to me, then how would I ever know it? And he said, do you know where 40 days and 40 nights comes from? And I said, I, I don't know, isn't that how long the Jews burned their candle bra for? No, that's Passover. And he said, no, 40 days and 40 nights is the length of time that Gabriel came down to visit Mary when she had no faith. So supposedly, according to him, Gabriel came to visit Mary 40 days and 40 nights because she did not believe that she was pregnant with the child of God. Oh, shit. Now, uh, I am not Gabriel, and it hasn't been 40 days or 40 nights yet, nope. so good luck with that one. Well, Michael, but It's interesting because uh, it usually takes about 40 days, for, especially before the time of pregnancy tests, for women to know that they were truly pregnant because that's about how long it takes to miss two periods, right? You get pregnant, you have your period maybe 10 days later. Um, if you miss that one, then you have another one 30 days later. You miss that one, you're at 40 days. Holy shit. Wow, that's interesting. I like the Michael idea, though, too. What she said really happened, and this is where I'm really delving into an area that I don't delve into because I like to stay in the realm of truth and fact and real things that happen in real life. But one of the problems I have is this. minded He doesn't understand that more things have, And you should understand better than anyone that there are so many things that you cannot explain. So one more time, like we were talking about, uh, when she brought this up, I really tried to believe, I, I still do. It's not that I don't believe it, that it happened. I believe something happened. Do I believe that's exactly what happened? Whatever is immaterial. But the point that I tried to make to her was that like, if it's Michael, it doesn't make sense because there's no befitting prophecy that actually fits Michael ever coming back to the earth because Michael brings with it the war hammer of God. He actually has the ability to make war um, on God's behalf, not with God, but on God's behalf. Um, Gabriel, on the other hand, makes more sense in the 
realm of the Bible in that God said that when Jesus comes again, with it, he brings with him the four horsemen of the apocalypse. What are the four horsemen of the apocalypse? War, War death, plague, famine, death. and plague. All four of those things come with Jesus when he comes back. If he comes back to this earth, we're all fucked. That's basically what the Bible says. That's the end state of revelations. We're all screwed. We will all be judged individually based on what you did. And within a day from his birth, from Jesus's birth, if he's born again on this earth, within one day, he goes from being an infant to a full grown man. And every person will be judged at that point. And that's exactly what the Bible says. That's exactly what Revelations talks about. I'm confused how we could still misconstrue that as Michael. Because Michael bears with him God's wrath for war. Well, I mean. Now you're muted. Uh, now you're I muted. I mean, I, it would take too long. Uh, this would end up being another two hours. But, uh, you know, the thing is, there's so many different ways of looking at it. If you're going to look at it, I think... Uh, and not, not knocking it or how you look at it, Mick. If you're going to read the Bible word for word, you're going to read it completely differently than I could go into this. So I, I, I could easily tell you how I think you're wrong, actually, but that's not going to get us anywhere. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I don't care. No, I mean, I, I'm, I I'm mean, listen, merely just stating I know what the Bible says. If you, and to understand that yeah, and to understand what she was talking about and the way she describes the story and she describes it like I said to be around this woman first of all um, is a pain in the ass but to be around this woman and to deal with her like I do on a daily basis and to see the passion in which she tells me this like this really happened yeah She's never lied to me before, so I can't say. Oh, oh I, I totally, I fully believe everything she said. Happen. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I can't do that. But I can sit there and say at the same time that I, although I don't disagree with you, I, I'm trying to, I, I guess I'm still trying to make sense of it because she keeps saying it was you. You were saying it. I was not fucking saying a thing. I don't remember fucking shit. She said, you had one martini and three beers. How drunk were you? I said, well, I can have one martini and three beers right now and still have a drive down the road without having any problems. I can, without, without getting possessed. Road, I can drive down the road fucking backwards and not a cop would pull me over because he would think I was driving forward. So I, I'm not like you. It's how smooth you're you are. Horrible. You're horrible at driving. You wreck parked cars. So I'm really confused as to how... I don't, I like, there's no recollection. There's nothing like normally when I wake up, if I have some sort of episode, if there's a, a seizure or something, because yes, it has to happen in the past. There's not a great big secret in our family. I've had them in the past. Um, there've been become since I probably say in the last 10 years, way more rare than they've ever been. Um, initially right on, I was having them pretty regularly just because my brain was fucked up. There was things that weren't connecting, touching, doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I kept fucking having these, uh, I would black out and like, I'd wake up the next morning. My whole body was sore because my whole body went stiff as a board. Mm. And like, I was like, I had like the wacko hands and mm. like she's trying to undo my, she's fighting with me. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. First of all, when somebody's having a seizure, first thing you're supposed to do is just make sure they can breathe, turn them on their side so they can still breathe. They're not because they 
you produce a lot of saliva when you have a seizure and you're liable to choke on your saliva. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's how 90% of the people die. Just turn me on my side if that ever happens again. Don't fight with me. Just let me be because I will break your fingers. If it's if it's strong enough, I will snap bone. It's Ooh. That's how bad it is. And uh, for the longest time, she couldn't figure that out. And then finally, she started to piece all that shit together. And she said, yeah, you're right. I should just turn you on your side. I was like, yeah, I told you that. I'm nuts. But... Now we're sitting here and she's bringing this up. And like normally I have pain associated like there, like my whole body will feel like it literally feels like I got hit by a Mack truck. Like after something like that, the next morning I wake up, it feels like I worked out every muscle in my body the day before. It feels like you just had, you went through the most extensive workout you've ever gone through your whole entire life. And 90% of America would feel like, holy shit, everything hurts. I don't even want to move today. And that's the way I normally feel after a seizure. Both mornings, she said, this happened on Saturday. I worked on Sunday. I woke up Sunday morning. And other than pain in my hands, I had, I did have pain in my hands. I had pain in my hands. I had some pain in my feet, but it wasn't that bad. Like I feel one foot. I couldn't feel the other one. But I had pain in my hands. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I've never had that before because it was very pinpoint. It wasn't like it was all up and down my hands. It was right underneath right my wrist. Right in the palm. Right in the palm. And I was like what the fuck is that from? And I was like, I couldn't get rid of it. I didn't lose it till almost like just after like noon. I was like, and then it was gone. It was like, oh, I didn't have any problems. So then I'm sitting there and I was like, she goes, the first question she asked me this morning when she got home, she goes, so how much pain do you have in your hands and your feet? Pain in my hands and my feet. She goes, the other morning. I, she's like, Sunday Sunday morning when you went to work. I didn't even think of that, the way his feet were. And I was like, said his feet I was like, too, um, like, Jesus on the cross. I, I had a little pain in my left foot. I said, I could, I, you know, I can't feel my right foot. So good luck with that one. And I was like, my hands, I said, yeah, I had a little pain in my wrist. I was like, why? What happened? And she's like, you don't remember. And I said, remember what? We were out drinking with a good time. came home. I went to bed. She's like, no, no, no. What happened in between the time you went to bed and the time we got home? I said, what's the last thing you remember? And I was like, well, that's a good point. Cause the only, last thing I remember, we were at a bar. And she's like, yeah. She's like, what about when do we get home? She's like, who do we bring with us? I was like, nobody. It was just me and you. And she's like, and I was guessing because I had no idea. And she's like, no, we brought Liam home with us, the youngest one. And I'm like, we did? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, this is news. Uh, I don't remember any of this. And she's telling me all this like, what are you, a fucking idiot? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot because I don't remember. I have no recollection of any of it. And I had no pain other than in my hands. I had no pain in my body like I had a seizure. If I had a seizure, I know I had a seizure the night before. I've always told her, I'm like, get the Aleve because I can't fucking move. Just get the Aleve. And she gets the Aleve. She hands me a couple of Aleve and boom. A little bit later, like half an hour later, I get up specifically at five o'clock in the morning, even though I don't have to be to work till seven. I get up specifically at five o'clock in the morning because I know it takes me to get my arthritis moving 30 minutes, 30 minutes every morning. I got to take 30 minutes just to move, just to get out of bed. And I'm like, all right, 30 minutes is good. I, 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 I'll be, I got up just fine. Got right out of bed. I was on my way to work way early. And I was just like, yeah, we're good. As far as I knew, nothing happened. I was like, don't remember any of this. And she's like, yeah, that happened the other night. I was like, you, there's no wild, way. Man. There's always pain associated with something like that. And there was no pain. I was like, all right. Uh, I'm beginning to bite a little bit more, but I'm still like, it still sounds like you've been sucking on one too many squirrel turds. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I, 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 
I definitely think something happened, man. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm taking her, you know, for being truthful. I definitely think something happened. And, you know, of course, I considered as well that maybe it wasn't an angel. Maybe it was a demon. And we talked about that because there are a lot of things that can possess people. And yeah. most of them are not good, right? There's very little research on angelic possession because there's very little evidence or, or stories about it. Really, as far as I know, there's only a handful of stories ever about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, demonic possession, you get a lot more. Yeah, that, that's actually but. such a good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah, you don't hear nothing about angel possession. It's all demonic. Nope. Yep. But he made a good point that there's no way that he could have been possessed by a demon. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because he has the miracle metal, that protective charm. Well, that and I think he would have felt like shit afterwards, for sure. Yep. You would have felt like crap. Well, it's not just that. I mean, what you seem to know a little bit more about the darker side of that. So, I mean, just from my like my just experience some of the, from like fucking with magic, like sometimes, and I guess when I didn't realize what I was doing, I mean, you can kind of have like physical side effects that you may not feel that great after the fact. Such yeah. as, well, like I, I've experienced. All right, I don't want to try to make this too long. Uh, I have experienced, uh, my opinion coming in contact with something, you know, I've talked about that a few times and some of the side effects like that you were talking about, like after the fact, uh, there was, I like had to hold on to the, the kitchen sink because like I was almost like starting to shake. I felt as if I was almost guarding, going to like seize. Um, I have, uh, because of an accident, from work, I do have nerve damage in part of my left leg. Uh, at that time, when I had those experiences, it also felt as if I literally had electric running through me. Like, almost, I could feel it crawling. Especially in my legs. To where I was looking down at my legs to see if I was going to see, like, static electricity or some weird shit. That's what it felt like. And I could feel it in the numb part of my body. So I felt then... When I normally wouldn't have. So like some of the experiences that she's saying that, that you had, I'm seeing maybe in a little bit of a different way. So like literally I had, uh, we have this, and I'm looking at it right now. We have this stone coffee table that weighs probably close to 100 pounds easy. Just sitting in the middle of our living room. And we were moving it one day, like this was just after I had surgery and we were moving it because she liked to fuck with me when I couldn't feel my leg just because she's that type of woman. I mean, she used to give me boxes to walk down the hallway with and when I couldn't see my foot, I would literally fall on my face because I didn't know that my foot was going out in front of me, actually catching my body and doing what it's supposed to do. And I was oh, still trying man. to train my mind to let my mind know that, hey, your foot's there. It doesn't work, nor you don't feel it. But it it's still there. works the way it's oh. supposed to. It's really fucking that. weird. It's like, imagine going to sleep on your foot and then going for a run. That's a, or having your foot go to sleep on you and then go for a run. That's the way it feels for me Yeah, like, day. well, uh, that, my first, uh, my two toes on the, on my left side of my foot, too, was like fucking... Yeah, but this is like mid-hip. And that just my feels so weird. I couldn't imagine the whole leg. I could not even imagine that. all the way down Fuck to my no. toes. I can't feel it. So Fuck. we were moving this table to vacuum the floor. And I put the table down and she goes, okay, that's really gross. 
And I'm like looking at her going, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, take the fucking table off of your foot. It was literally bisecting my foot directly in half, pushing all my toes to one side, like splitting my toes in half right down to the floor because it was that heavy. And my whole foot was turning purple. She's like, you've got to take the table off your foot. You're going to hurt yourself. And I look down, I'm like, holy shit, that is weirder than fuck. I mean, straight up like uh, Mr. Deeds it. I mean, sticking a fucking spike in it. Like, literally, I went to the doctor the next time I saw my doctor. I was like, hey, I was like, I can't feel my foot. And it initially just started out with the foot. It was just my foot from about the ankle down. I couldn't feel my foot. He didn't believe me. He goes, bullshit. So he took an 18-gauge needle over two inches long. That's a big one. He stuck it in my foot. Right in the bottom of my foot, right where your pyonidal nerve runs underneath your heel, right up the crux to your foot, and then spreads out to your toes. He bisected my pyonidal nerve, went straight through my foot. He had it all the way up to the bevel. And he's looking at me with these eyes of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, do you stick me yet? And he goes, you can't feel that at all. And I said, no. He said, right now, you should be crawling off of the ceiling. And I was like, yeah, I told you I couldn't feel it. And he's like, all right, holy shit, you really can't feel your foot. Well, it's progressed now. It's gone all the way back up my leg, and it stopped about my mid-hip. When I get really, like, if I'm really, really fucking tired, I'll start complaining about my leg hurting. And it's not because the bottom of my leg's actually hurting. It's just because all of the pain from whatever's in my leg starts about mid hip and I start grabbing my hip and I'm like, holy shit, my leg's killing me. I was like, I can't go any further. I got to stop. And I have a disconnected nerve in the center of my nugget that is in your corpus callosum where your two halves of your brains meet. Uh, There's these nerves that stick together. One of those nerves that got fucked up by all of that shit that happened to me is now not, it's not connected anymore. That's probably it's why close, you had that experience. It's close <laughs> yeah. enough. Well, actually, it's actually proved something else because I got a side of my brain that actually I can control both sides independently. Oh, uh, well, see, if you can start doing that, you can start doing a whole bunch of w- weird shit then. I'll be yep, totally honest with you. That, that's magic right there. There's other <laughs> shit I've been doing that she was just like, well, you do all this other shit. I was like, yeah, I know I do it. I, I can remember... <laughs> There's like some shit I can remember on this side, some shit I can remember on that side, like different shit that you do differently in your brain and her brain. She does differently that in my brain, it's very clear cut. It's right down the middle. That goes to the left side filing. That goes to the right side filing. You're good. You've got this. It's where you try to cross the two that I have an issue trying to say, yeah, there I can. Yeah, I can paint you a fucking picture of Mozart and it's all. No, I can't do that. It doesn't look anything like that. It looks retarded like some two year old with a coloring board got fucked up melted all his crayons together and fucking colored really hard on the (laughs) canvas i've got such a i'm like i told her i'm like that's not me i i've i'm arguing with myself still about this because i'm not 100 percent sure i i don't know what it was i can't explain it that's why we're on the occult rejects oh no this new york patriot yeah new york patriot show you'll yeah, this isn't a cool Whatever. Reject, yeah. Same thing, isn't yeah. it? I spoke, you're, you're well, I'm one, I'm one of two of them, yes. Yes. Okay. So this is like one of those things I'm just like, I don't know if it really falls in. Well, I mean, I think, honestly, uh, you can look at it a couple of ways. Paranormal, which in my opinion is just uh, the occult that isn't understood, which is still occult because it's under- not understood. 
Uh, or you could look at it. It doesn't fall under a cult. Uh, no. Well, no, I would think so. Yeah. Well, the knowledge of understanding it is a cult. Not everybody knows it. That's all the word occult really means is just hidden, you know, not seen, uh, you know, people not knowing. So, but I mean, uh, when, when I did magic and, and did my rituals, I used angels a lot. I used angels and God and Egyptian, uh, Egyptian deities. So, I mean, you do use uh, angels and magic for sure. Hmm. I used to. I mean, I even had a sigil one that I used oftenly that I burnt. I took, I got a wood burner and I actually burnt its sigil, the name of it, into a piece of wood. And I would use it every time. I mean, people, people do work with angels a lot. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, so you remember how I told you how I stopped draining energy and now I give off energy? Yes. Like how I charge my phone and I charge my watch. So that, that flip happened right when we came back from Pennsylvania. After this situation, right? Literally, after the first one. So my car was in the shop. We ended up having to take his car up to Pennsylvania because my car was in the shop because I drained the battery. That's fucking wild. And when I picked the car up, like, right after that happened, ever since then, I mean, I only charge my phone now, like I said, every couple of days. Um, I would only have to charge my watch every couple of days. It's still three quarters charged when I put it on the charger after 12, 14 hours at the end of the day, which is insane. Wow. So something happened that shifted the energy in my being. I don't know how else to describe it. That's a wild story. Uh, we're already over two hours. I normally don't go over an hour, but I was going to release this as a, a special episode anyway because the, the topic, I'm just, you know, I'm going to... Not editing this, staying the way it is. Gotcha. Yeah, so, no, no. That's the way no, we do it. Yeah. We're, so we're uh, lazy. if people don't want to hear tough shit, I don't know. I think it was interesting and to me this was uh this was great. I mean, put it this way, even if it wasn't true, was it bad to sit there and just daydream and picture the story in your head regardless? You know what I'm saying? Sit back, make a movie in your mind and listen to the story that they gave us. You didn't lose anything listening to it. And I think it was a great story regardless. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, Maybe no, I, I really, I really loved it, help. actually. And uh, all we'll right, so plug time. your stuff one more time. Uh, the Patriot Party Podcast, where everywhere, everywhere except Spotify. Spotify. So Apple, Podbean, uh, Rumble, Alt, Alt Media United, Brighteon. Yo, you know, I, I, I was using Telegram. I was using, I used Spreaker for my show, and they f somehow Spotify fucked up, and their customer service is horrible. I literally had to go make a fucking anchor account for free and upload a shit ton of my episodes just so Spotify has it now. Because I was so pissed. I was like, fuck you. I'm going to put my show on your thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, everybody, please go check out their stuff. Uh, yeah, they got, they got a lot of content. And they got a lot of good stuff. Uh, I wouldn't have had them on my show if I didn't like them. So <laughs> it's mostly again, That's it's mostly good. news and current events. We do yeah, the yes. occasional conspiracy show in there. We had um, the Big Dumb podcast on once, or Kyle from there, and we we talked about our trip to the Georgia Guidestones. That was a, a pretty freaky one. Um, we'll we do Kovac specials quarterly at this point. We nice. talk about um, folks being bots, robots. Uh, yes, we did do a whole show specifically where blanks. Mick, Mick thought everyone was a blank, and he wants to hit them with baseball bats to see if they're exposed. Oh, and, and NPCs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yep. Yo, half I of those lip tods with that. the masks on have to be. Maybe that's how they're getting away with it now. You can't tell yes. they're a robot. <laughs> yes. But I was saying... 
<laughs> That's where Mick is. Yes, he That's thinks they're robots. Awesome. All right, so, so yeah. Uh, yes, please Ooh, go check out that, that actually, stuff. Actually, very last thing, real quick. The other thing about RH negative people is we are not clonable. Oh. You cannot clone RH negative blood. They've tried. doesn't work. Huh. So I am most Nothing. definitely not it, a robot. Just saying. It bubbles and burns up. How about that one? <laughs> Goes sour. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> kind of like her. <laughs> Shit. All right. So, yes, everybody, please uh, go check out their show. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. And also, if uh, this is your first time hearing me, if you haven't checked out the Occult Rejects, check that out also. That is my other show. Uh, thanks again. I thank you both for coming on. Uh, that was an amazing story and an amazing time. I really enjoyed it. And we will be doing it again. And until the next one, uh, everybody be well. And later.